Alrighty. We're back here. And uh, as a positive uh, bunny story, um, near Christmas when I was shopping, um, a little dwarf black bunny in the back of the pet shop was calling, quote unquote, out to me. <laughs> so I got him for our, our Christmas one year, and he was such a great pet. He lived 13 years in little dwarf bunny. But I would get, um, at the time, you could get from the county library, um, where I'd worked briefly, uh, you could get paintings, you know, copies of paintings, but in frames, no glass, of course. And you could borrow them for a month, just like you'd borrow books. And one of the ones I liked to get was, um, and I'm forgetting the artist, but it was a family of wild rabbits. And so I'd set it like uh, where he could see it when I'd get him out for him to keep his company. And and he could, you could tell he recognized it. But what was really funny was I was uh, given some fabric um, and, you know, to do whatever with. And uh, like some old clothes and the one blouse, uh, especially the sleeves, well, the whole thing looked like snakeskin. <clears throat> and um, so I took uh, my husband's and my son's little socks as they wore out and uh, stuffed a uh, snake sausage, <laughs> you know, made like with the skin. And I'd, I'd never even thought that the rabbit would notice, right? So I had them for draft dodgers at the bottom of the door. And he'd jump up, spring up in the air three feet. And he was attacking that thing. You know, who's going after the snake? But he was such a nice little pet. Um, Binky. I think his name was Binky. Uh, if I remember correctly. I think we had one Bunky, too. But I think that was Binky. <laughs> so, you know, life goes on. And uh, we enjoy it and we learn from it. And uh, just keep filled with love, really. So, um, the next one... From creation moments is, um, let me see. I'm just looking at it. Let's see if we can set this up. <clears throat> okay, my scroll won't work. What's going on here? Here we go. Hmm. Ah, uh, yes. Can evolution predict the future? Uh, so it's another little over two minutes, and uh, we'll see what they have to say here. Please, Sam. Can evolution predict the future? Discover the truth next on today's Creation Moments. And now, here's our Creation Moments host, Ian Taylor. We have often pointed out the many plants and animals that are interrelated. And very often, they are interrelated in such a way that creation offers the only reasonable explanation for their special features. Evolution calls upon lucky coincidence just so many times to explain these relationships. One interesting example is found in the moth family Noctuidae. This family of moths has special organs that detect the ultrasonic sounds made by the bats who eat these moths. A lucky coincidence? Well, the problem with the evolutionary explanation is that this moth is dated by evolutionists to 75 million years ago. This is back during the time of the dinosaurs, where there weren't supposed to be any bats. 
According to evolution, bats didn't arrive on the scene until 55 million years after the Noctuidae moth. And one wonders whether mindless evolution could see into the future. Or perhaps evolution was able to make moths with an ability to hear bats that would not exist for the supposed tens of millions of years. We can view the unique design of the Noctuidae moth as a sign from an all-knowing creator that all living things were made by him. Only an intelligent personal creator can account for the complex overall plan that we see in the created relationships between vastly different creatures. For a printed transcript of today's program, visit our website. All righty. Thank you, Sam. You know, just hearing a lot again about evolution from different people, and they should know better. <laughs> you know, and the flood and its effects. Um, uh, if, at some point, I'd like to have Roger Spur for a guest. Uh, Ken in Texas told me about him, and I don't have a sign-on for Google, so uh, he had said on his on um, Roger Spur's uh, YouTube, someone had asked about, I guess, a debate or something, and he said, oh, I'll sign in and, you know, send me uh, whatever. So if somebody has a sign-in for Google, which maybe Ken does, I'll get him to send my my email and see if we can set up uh, just an interview not a not a debate it would be fun and maybe ken can come on with me and we can talk with roger but uh his uh youtube is um mud fossil university and you know it brings out the point <clears throat> that um in genesis 6 4 it says there were giants in the earth then and after that and right away I know I did, and I think most people do. You think of giants as in giant human beings or similar to us. But uh, it looks like there were gigantic giants of all kind of creatures. And they're finding these fossils all around the world. Some of them stretch across a continent. You know how we hear about dragons so much everywhere and in China and everything. And these fossils are made almost immediately. Now, his, um, Roger says about the, uh, uh, you know, Velikovsky talked about Venus, uh, running with Venus uh, with this planet. <clears throat> and he said that it would have made the Earth shake, and that instant shaking like that would have buried everything in mud, and they would have fossilized right away. So all these long time spans are just excuses for something that they don't want to admit. Science didn't used to be divorced of God. It, it came from understanding that he was the creator and trying to find out how things work. And um, one of the things is uh, poisonous plants. Um, let's see, where's that link? Okay, it, I don't have an uh, audio for it or anything, but it... Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll find it after we do the... Uh, Ice core, I think. Oh, here it is. Where do poisonous invasive plants fit in God's creation? Now, this is from ICR.org. That's uh, Institute for Creation Research. And I'll just read some of this. Like all sciences, creation science has unanswered questions. This is why we are called the Institute for Creation Research, not the Institute for Creation Answers. Specifically, there are still some questions regarding the origin of Predation, pathogens, poisonous plants, and parasites. In regard to predation, a creation biologist stated, Although the origin of predation is poorly understood, it is incorrect to attribute to young earth cre 
creation the assertion that predatory animals quickly and recently evolved the physical features necessary for predation. It is a common fallacy that carnivores evolved from a change in form and function. No physical evolution was required to change herbivores to predators. It was merely a change in behavior. However, headway continues to be made as biblical and scientific answers to these questions are developed. For example, it wasn't long ago that many thought all viruses were bad. But Dr. Jerry Bergman wrote, and let me scroll down here a second. Although viruses were discovered only at the turn of this century, research has now found a substantial amount of evidence that they serve several major roles in ecology and are actually essential for life. Without viruses, the genetic revolution we are now experiencing would be impossible. They also serve numerous beneficial functions that we are just beginning to research and understand. Uh, I'll put this in the chat to the link. Uh, the same could be said regarding poisons. Botulism is a rare but devastating disease caused by bacterium clostridium botulinum. Infection occurs by ingesting contaminated food or C. botulinum infecting a wound. As terrible as this is, highly diluted botulinum toxin can be used to eliminate wrinkles ah, for a time in parentheses and ease certain types of pain, such as that which is experienced in chronic migraines. <clears throat> Recently, botanists at the Skolkova Institute of Science and Technology have made an interesting discovery regarding a toxic plant called Sosnowski's hogweed, Heracleum sosnowski. For the first time ever, scientists have studied the genome, the total genetic material within a cell, that is, of Sosnowski's hogweed, a poisonous invasive plant whose juice causes skin burns. They found that its genome has nearly twice as many genes as most other plants. The article goes on to say that this plant actually has practical applications. And this is in quotes, the research findings open the door to practical applications in medicine and pharmacology. Thanks to hogweed's unique bioactive molecules, which can be used to create new drugs. Oh boy, new drugs. So let's see what else here. This discovery of bioactive molecules in the hogweed is an indication that there might have been an alternative function for it prior to the fall. Creation scientists have suggested for decades that poisons, pathogenic bacteria, and parasites of today were in fact beneficial, or at least neutral, in the pre-fallen world thousands of years ago. Indeed, as mentioned, even the hogweed contains compounds with high pharmaceutical value. And uh, that that makes sense, you know, because um, like Ken was saying when he was on here too, how uh, we regard some symbols as bad and they were originally good, you know. So Satan has man turn good into bad and God turns evil into good, like Joseph said, right? Shelkanov et al. stated recently in their paper on H. Shalsnowski that the ability of H. Shalsnowski to produce linear furanocomerins photosynthesizing compounds, that's FCs, makes it very dangerous. At the same time, linear FCs are compounds with high pharmaceutical value used in skin disease therapies. It is possible that the curse caused the genome 
of many creatures to degrade genetic entropy, be altered, or have sections partially deleted. Such genetic changes or loss could produce, for example, the plant toxicity we see in Sosnowski's hogweed. There are many other examples. Tetrodotoxin uh, is a powerful neurotoxin, sodium channel blocker, parentheses, found in a variety of organisms throughout the world, including blue ring octopuses, pufferfish, and the bacterium vibrio, vibrio or vibrio. In low doses, tetrodotoxin is shown in clinical trials to be a replacement for opioids for relieving cancer-related pain. Pain. Oh, let's scroll down here a little bit more. This last paragraph. To conclude, Christians understand that God's creation was very good in the beginning. Sadly, it was tainted by the sin of disobedience and justly cursed. This is reflected in the corruption of partial loss of genetic information, possibly resulting in poisons, parasites, and pathogens. Creation scientists undergo scientific research and investigation to answer these questions from a biblical perspective. So I thought, I thought that was very interesting. I didn't think I'd bore you with the whole thing, but there you go. <laughs> and I'll post it in the chat. So anyone can read it. I don't think I already did. If I did, it's in there twice. So the next thing um, I heard recently, again, more talk about the ice cores. <clears throat> and um, it was on Jeff Rents, and they're, you know, like this is, uh, gospel. This is bona fide. The ice cores prove, you know, without a doubt, how old the Earth is. Well, that's not true because it can come back. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of different things. And then on the Christian Information Radio, they were talking about that and how they counted the layers and they weren't happy with the number of layers. <clears throat> so they went back and uh, decided to divide it up into smaller layers to reach the numbers they wanted. So you can get creative, I guess. Uh oh, there's that word again. I'm misusing. You can get mutative. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. There's about 120 mutations per generation, which actually is another indication <clears throat> of creation. Because. <coughs> We would have uh, mutated ourselves out of existence by now. <clears throat> so, Sam, if you want to get number four ready there, I think that's what we're ready for. <clears throat> Our ice cores evidence for an old earth, um, I think is the last word on there. So, <clears throat> and then we'll talk about it after. Well, there, that brings us to an issue that a lot of people have has to do with ice cores and the dating associated with those ice cores. What, what is your study showing? Well, first of all, uh, ice cores are made generally in Greenland and Antarctica. That's where they come from. It's a very large amount of ice there, and it's basically maintained itself the whole time. The cores are taken by drilling about a six inch to eight inch core down through the ice drilling down all the way down to bedrock at the bottom and pulling them out very gently, maintaining them in cold conditions so they're preserved. And then you look at the detail in the ice through that long length. The, the ones from Greenland are about four to 5,000 feet long. The ones in Antarctica up to 9,000 feet long. And in there, you have visual layers that you can look at that were formed as the ice 
compacted and it went, went from snow to ice and it maintained the bubbles that are in there. It has various chemicals that are in there, oh. dust layers that are in there. Looking at oxygen 18 isotope ratios, from all of those various features, you can see the variation with time down through the uh, ice core as it accumulated material. For one thing, is that you would expect there to be one ice age following the Genesis uh -huh. flood. And you see that in the record. Where most of the evidence is presented that there were multiple ice ages is at the very bottom of the core where it's the hardest to interpret. And it shows that it was disturbed very strongly down at the bottom of the core, as well as the fact that there was all kinds of dust and chemicals and features that you have a very difficult time trying to interpret. If, in fact, the Genesis flood was caused by a catastrophic event and it produced all kinds of volcanic eruptions mm -hmm. and the Earth's surface being disturbed greatly, you would expect to see that at the bottom of the core. And that's exactly what you find. And it's not just a small, thin layer down there. It's up through uh, quite a depth through at wow. the bottom of the core. So that fits very naturally with the, the Genesis flood idea with, mm -hmm. with the catastrophic uh, process that occurred there. Mm -hmm. All right, I think that's the end of it, right? Oh, okay. Great, great. truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing the only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. 
Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth at the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Hi, Tom Bolton for Resolve. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Sie fliegen Kein Mensch kann sie wissen, kein Jäger erschießen mit Pulver und Blei. Die Gedanken sind frei. Ich denke, was ich will. Thank you, Destiny. Love that song. Die Gedanken sind frei. Choose your thoughts wisely. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't say because it might jinx it, but uh, Jerry Marzinski has us uh, penciled in for the 25th of February. So we'll hope that'll happen. But I just posted an article in the chat, and uh, the uh, highlights from it are secular scientists believe polar ice cores prove millions of years, in quotes. Volcanic ash layers known as tephra, that's T-E-P-H-R-A, strongly suggest that secular ages for the bottom halves of long Antarctic cores are greatly inflated. The rock surface beneath the Antarctic ice sheet isn't corroded enough to have been ground by moving ice for millions of years. That's pretty interesting. And here where I live, the, um, the ice never crushed through here. Uh, in places, you know, it was a glacial lake, most of Wisconsin, but there are hills around it. And on either side of the Mississippi here, where I am in the Driftless, Wisconsin area, and they've kept them from putting in power lines and all kind of things that would destroy the beautiful scenery. And, and some of those power lines, they were purposely designed 
stanchions to look uh, demonic. And um, there's there's a whole lot about that, too. But um, so, you know, we come up with these things and, oh, it's bona fide. Or, or like when they say the Big Bang, I like that. Yeah, well, they're getting close. You know, God did speak creation into existence. Uh, so maybe it sounded like a Big Bang to some of them. I don't know. So well, if anyone wants to call in, it's 512-248-8252. 512-248-8252. Or if you need B, 1-800-313-9443. 1-800-313-9443. But I have a few more of these um, fun creation moments. And you can just go to creationmoments.com. I won't post each of them in there. And find these and a whole lot more. Um, but I like that you could play them. Because I had some other stuff, but it wasn't audio. So enough of my reading already. Um, so um, number five there, um, Sam, if you want to get that ready, is uh, climate change is real. Climate change is real. This is Ken Ham on a mission to call the church back to God's Word and the Gospel. I often hear the claim that creationists don't believe in climate change, but that's not true. There's plenty of observational evidence that climates change now and in the past. For example, people used to farm in Greenland. What we do deny are the assumptions behind many of the claims of climate change alarmists. Many of these assumptions rely on a belief in an old Earth. Starting with the Bible's history, we know there was a global flood just a few thousand years ago that radically changed the globe and climate. And climates have changed since then. So yes, climates change, but it's nothing at all to freak out about. Want to know more about a biblical perspective on climate change? Visit our Bible Upholding website to learn about the true history. Okay, yeah, I think that one was answers, was it? Yeah. Uh, so it's very interesting, the, um, you know, the impact of, because um, east of here, uh, where Wisconsin Dells is, beautiful scenery, and uh, Mark Twain had remarked about its beauty. He had uh, been there, and uh, it's it's very commercialized now, part, parts of it, the main, main strip, and they have water parks, which uh, kind of always amazed me in the dead of winter, there'd be this giant plume of steam coming out from uh, uh, where the people could go in and play in the water parks and swim and on the slides and stuff. But they said, um, if you read about it, that that area, uh, due to ice, collapsed in at uh, about 15,000 years ago. So they just pick a number, basically, because they don't know what else to do, I think, is the problem. So so the next one, number six, is evolution and the law of biogenesis. If we can have that one, Sam. Evolution and the law of biogenesis. This is Ken Ham, author, speaker, and blogger on why we can trust the Bible. The law of biogenesis states that life can only come from other life. Now, this scientific law is foundational to the rest of biology. 
According to everything we've ever seen, life never comes from non-life. Life only comes from life. But if evolution is true, then life had to come from non-living chemicals. This means that the law of biogenesis had to have been broken sometime in the past. But we don't know of any process that could break this law. You see, when you start with the Bible, the law of biogenesis makes sense. There was never a time when life had to come from non-life because life is a gift from the Creator. Want to learn more about how science confirms Thank you, Sam. All right, see you on the other side. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Subscribe to the Freedom Times monthly newspaper, published since 1985. That's right, 1985. The Freedom Times pulls no punches and observes no sacred cows or taboos. The perilous times we live in are too critical for anything but honest discussion of America's plight. The Freedom Times is the antidote to the lies and distortions of the fake news media. There's no better way to inform and enlighten Americans than by reading The Freedom Times each month. New subscribers may sign up at the special rate of just $29 for one year or $55 for two years. Subscribe online by going to AmericanFreedomNews.us or mail your subscription to The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. That's The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. Support America's best patriotic newspaper and one of the very few left by becoming a subscriber to The Freedom Times today. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. 
We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off, LLC, 417-932-6419. Okay, thank you. It is now 3.33. like that. Being here where the ice didn't crush and being a geology hound of some sorts, <laughs> one reason I love being here, you can see how the, uh, how the rocks form. They're right next to each other. There's no erosion in between, much like was said on one of the pages. And there's the... Um, you know, the igneous, the original rock, and the sedimentary rock, and the metamorphic rock. But one thing we don't know either is how exactly, how fast metamorphosis is in these rocks. And as you see, if you look through all the things with the Bible, and um, it's kind of funny because my grandmother, which she never would go go with us, some, sometimes the Doss family, Desmond Doss and his wife, Dot, uh, who he called Precious, <laughs> and their son, Tommy. Um, I get to go with them different places sometimes. And we had taken a hike, uh, not too far up a hike from where we were parked. And my grandmother wanted to go along this time, which seemed a little strange. But uh, I guess she knew what he was going to do. But I don't think she knew what he was going to say, which uh, he really didn't say anything. But um, there were fossils uh, in the, kind of looked like coal, slate. And there were ferns impressed in them. And she said, that's from the flood, as if someone was going to contradict her. So I guess that's what she thought she was doing, was protecting me from hearing lies. But Desmond Doss wasn't about, <laughs> he knew, he wasn't about to lie about it. So someone saying about fossil fuels how young earth uh, people don't believe in fossil fuels being thousands of years old. First off, there's no fossil fuels. It's abiotic oil. It regenerates just like primary water does. And there's different types of, um, there's an oil that's with this earth. And there's also an invasive kind. Um, as I was talking about before, Harold Counts Vela. I think he dropped the Vela, so he's Harold Counts, whatever. I haven't looked into him lately. But he was an uh, ecological uh, scientist, and uh, they found this artificial intelligence in this goo. Um, and apparently most of it was due to meteorites or comet that came in and crashed near the Falklands. They estimate 80,000 years ago. Who knows? But um, And if you remember, there was a war there in the Falklands, and I think I brought this up before, too, and it was termed uh, 
it's like two bald men fighting over a comb. You know, what was this all about? It's just totally goofy. And it was funny. I remember Bill O'Reilly after being there, he was just always on it. I'll do it live. And he's <laughs> always crazy about that and said he was, he was, um, <clears throat> he, he pretended he was in the military there, but he was a reporter for that and uh, was kind of crazy after that. And the same thing kind of with this Harold, he, um, he had some of it and he had to bury it because it would make him terribly angry. And some people's DNA apparently is like that. And apparently also they put this stuff in the altars in churches to cause fear and reverence. You know, I don't know if it's really reverence, but fear anyway. Looking up to the, uh, the priest or whoever. And everything's frequency, the vibrations. So it shouldn't be too astounding, too surprising to find that the frequency, the vibrations from these kind of things have ill effects on people, just like we're seeing with the electromagnetic frequencies, you know? So anyway, uh, Sam, I think we've got a couple more yet. Let's see. The next one I think is, uh, oh yeah, back to the bats. Bats who feed trees. If you want to get that one ready, I'd like to hear it. Oh, yeah, I guess. Unless somebody calls in. Come on, people. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Did I need to scroll down? I did. Oh, okay. Okay, well, let's. Okay, Reese. Let's take Reese. Um, Hello? Hi, Mer. Hi. Yeah, hi, Mer. You know, How are uh, you? well, what you were saying. Uh, good. It's nice to hear those clips that you were playing from Creation Moment. I used to listen to that when they used to have a Christian uh, broadcasting network on here in New York. They've taken it off since, but they used to have those Creation Mo Moments on. And some of them were interesting and, and very compelling, even though they were only a minute or two long. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed those. Yeah. Now, that well, happens you know, to be something... Yeah, I was just going to tell you, they have another station. They have terrestrial stations from uh, VCY America. So that they said they're broadcasting into New York City with uh, one of the newer ones. So you might find it on your dial. All right, I'm going to check for that. Do you happen to remember the great James Kennedy? Pastor Kennedy? Um, sounds familiar. Tell me. Well, I, I could tell you in, in my decades of, you know, listening in to different pastors that had, uh, you know, were able to uh, give good quality Christian apologetics. Uh, pastor, this pastor from Florida, Carl Ridge uh, Ministries in uh, Florida, he passed away, oh, I think about 10 years ago, um, which, by the way, I think was suspicious, but that's a discussion for another time, mm -hmm. because he was in a significant way opposing the New World Order and equipping young high school and college students across the country in a ministry called Campus Crusades. So he was really making headway against these false belief systems of evolution and affirming uh, the value of life of an unborn child. And then he suddenly had a stroke um, at the ripe old age of, I think, 66 or 67. 
which was a shame. But I'll tell you, if you could find one of his sermons on refuting evolution, I've heard mm-hmm. no pastor greater than Dr. D. James Kennedy as far as his ability as an orator and his facts that he brought to the table. You know, hmm. real bullet point facts, not rambling on for 15 minutes on one point. Bullet point after bullet point after bullet point, citing scientists and specific data. Um, I really miss Dr. Kennedy. Huh. I, would, I would like to say this, though, because I have my background is also in studying the occult. Now, there is no question in my mind, I don't know anyone else out there, is, you know, they can believe what they want. But it, to, my, to me, it is as clear as day that Darwin went on his, well, remember, the evolution theory that Darwin presented in 1859 was 20 years later after he had gone on his, uh, you know, uh, touring with a ship, a captain on the Beagle uh, to Galapagos Island. So, mm-hmm. in other words, at that time, think about this, that was a major push by the architects of the New World Order who had actually... Uh, met the Bavarian Illuminati, had crafted their 24 protocols. Protocol mm-hmm. number four said, we shall destroy God. And in mm-hmm. that protocol it says, it is necessary for us to, um, to bring about in the minds of the Goyim belief only in mathematics and scientific calculations and to do away with any spiritual... Um, consciousness, it says in that protocol. Now think about this. Right after that was written, and by the way, I could prove that those protocols were written, that that is not a hoax, because a famous professor uh, in Edinburgh University named John Robeson was approached by these Illuminists only a decade or two after 1776, around 1778-79, they, profet- they approached Professor Robeson because they were looking to acquire him uh, to join them in their world revolutionary movement. And then he exposed them in his famous works um, in, in uh, 1799. And it's a proofs of a conspiracy, uh, basically of a, a revolution, of a global revolution. But going back to that time period, think about it. Darwin's theory of evolution comes to wage war against Christianity and a God-based worldview. At the same time, they fund, uh, and it's provable that Karl Marx was funded by Edmund de Rothschild when he was in London. So they now have Karl Marx around 1848 now come up with their manual for this world revolution, the Communist Manifesto. And then they start infesting universities throughout Europe and America with higher criticism, which basically pushed the idea of we should question anything supernatural or our biblical worldview. Well, everything's supernatural, right? And, and Reese, remember, Darwin got this from his grandfather, Erasmus, who died, you know, a little while before he was born, even. So, like you say, this is all part of their play, where they bring in what they think will be effective. And it has to be it has to cause fear too, right? Yes. Now I want to bring this out to those maybe that are listening that don't know that much about it. You know, maybe they've been hoodwinked into believing that they've evolved from baboons or Neanderthals. Um, <laughs> I feel really good, Mur. I'll tell. I don't know about you, but I got a feeling you share my opinion 
that you feel wonderful in proclaiming that you are a creation of a divine being made in his image, the four mm-hmm. cardinal attributes that we have of God's love and justice and mercy and wisdom, rather than walking around proclaiming that you're an evolved monkey. So if yeah. anybody out there wants to insist you're an evolved monkey, be my guest. But the evidence is against it. I have all the evidence I studied this many years ago showing that the 14 Neanderthal um, apes that were presented were all hoaxes. And they were mm-hmm. proven to be hoaxes. Yep. Um, you know, but there is Neanderthal DNA, and some of the Jewish people brag about having larger amounts of it. And you look at the skeletal structure of, say, like the recently deceased one we called Henry Kissinger, whose name was really Heinz Loeb. His uh, grandfather picked up the name Kissinger from Switzerland, you know, where they were. So, you know, but if you look, this is and I'm wondering if that's not the DNA that Israel, you know, they say your mother has to be Jewish and they check your DNA. If that's not the DNA they're looking for. Because the matriarchal Neanderthal DNA is kind of rare because it turns out that the breeding between, you know, was uh, not willing. It was by force. So you don't have the the matriarchal uh, mitochondria like you would, uh, you know, with normal relations. So, but Reese, I appreciate your your call and you've got something else because we've got Ken in Texas too after you. Okay. Just, just my final point is this. They're still teaching this nonsense in our schools. And amazingly, even in Christian schools, the peppered moth is one. It's another hoax. And after it was exposed that the scientist who was another Jew, I believe he was a chiropractor that got the calling from the high command of this Jewish conspiracy, this world revolution. He left his practice, I believe, as a chiropractor or a dentist, and then he came out as a scientist promoting the peppered moth as proof of natural selection. The moths (laughs) were glued to the tree trunk. They actually glued the moth to the tree trunk, and even though it was found out, they still were promoting it in high school textbooks. Do you believe this? Well, it's like they they promote Leo Frank's innocence. (laughs) Okay? You know, stop the gaming. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say this. Let me leave you off on this note. Here's my final point. Everything you look at that has to do with the divine, the more evidence you look at, the more that it is, you'll be convinced that it's true. One point is Noah's Ark. It still Mm -hmm. sits atop Mount Ararat. And when a scientist was was presented with the evidence, he said to somebody that tried to um, uh, downplay it, He said, well, then you explain to me how a large beam of a a gopher wood that was carved sits atop 13,000-foot elevation on a mountain where there's no trees. Would you Mm -hmm. like to explain that to me? So the more you look at evolution, it falls apart. The more you look at the biblical worldview, you get more conviction that it's true. So on that note, I wish you a, a, a wonderful Sunday. Thank you, Reese. You too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Aladaska brought out how the government calls us, uh, you know, uh, man and other animals. Okay. You know, we're the crown of creation and don't you forget it. Ken in Texas, how are you? Hello, Miss Murr. Hi. Um, 
covered so much ground, you know, I always get uh, tongue twisted in what to say. But that gentleman's name is Dr. D. James Kennedy. And interestingly enough, you should bring him up because he took a tremendous amount of heat from the Reformed community because he promoted the gospel in the stars, of all things. Oh, I'll have so, to look at it. I did bring it up on the index and posted it in the chat room. But, yeah, I'll look into that after the show. It sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it kind of is a slight departure from the creeds in Sola Scriptura and things like that. So he took a, a lot of heat for that. But... Um, regarding the reform community, and you know, you have a gentleman, R.C. Sproul, Dr. Sproul. Uh, he wrote a book, um, "Not a Chance," I believe it was called. And the the gist of it is that nothing happens by chance. Uh-huh. And so, chance is just a word which describes mathematical probabilities. It doesn't have any ontological status, so therefore it cannot cause anything to happen. Right. And so here you have these evolutionists saying that, you know, here's something evolved, but they they only go back to the alleged Big Bang. But then, you know, when Carl Sagan's asked, you know, well, what happened? Uh, where, where did the stuff from the Big Bang come from and he says oh well we don't care about that yeah right that's always the answer right we don't care (laughs) right and and so you have the people who will tell you that there's no such thing as free energy which i'm not promoting free energy i'm just saying it's the same people that tell you that there's no such thing as free energy will then tell you that the world came out of nothing by the power of nothing into something i mean it, it the whole thing it's right. so unbelievably ridiculous. Nothing from comment. nothing leaves nothing, right? As lyrics go, huh? Exactly. <laughs> and um, back in the 90s, I went to a place down at, uh, near Glen Rose, Texas, where they had a place called the Creation Evidences Museum. And in that location, they at the time, it was a small one. It was only about six foot wide, maybe three or four foot in diameter tube. That was under uh, pressure, basically a hyperbaric chamber that was designed to mimic the pre-flood Earth environment. And so increased uh, oxygen, oxygen pressure, and so on and so forth. And they had copperheads in there that by the third generation, their venom had turned non-toxic. they had an aquarium with these silver dollar-sized fish in it that were like pancake-sized. I mean, I can go on and on and on about all the amazing things that happened. Um, so we're we're definitely, you know, according to the laws of thermodynamics, degrading. We're not mm-hmm. um, improving. We're still and falling, right? We're a fallen world, and we're still falling. That's right. Even though I like to jokingly say I only recently stopped dragging my knuckles, um, <laughs> you know, it, I, I the theory of evolution is so ridiculous. It it, mm-hmm. it it just blows my mind that people would still adhere to that with all the manifold information that, um, you know, to even call it a theory, mm-hmm. uh, even a hypothesis is kind of stretching it. But just wanted to make those comments. I really appreciate it, Ken, because, you know, I hear this again, you know, it'll come to the surface and people have written books and 
You know, and it's just like, come on, people, get off it. I don't care if you're Gnostic, you know, quit questioning and get a grip. <laughs> well, the irony is, is that the word science basically means knowledge. Uh -huh. And so they violate all their principles of acquiring knowledge, you know, logic and uh, evidence, rules of evidence, and all that is violated to present their quote-unquote theory and um, anyhow. Uh, and they wait a generation and change it, maybe 180 degrees, right? And then we have Hosea 4, 6, right? My people suffer for lack of knowledge. Yeah, you know, they get into the whole punctuated equilibrium thing. Well, if you wait long enough, you know, it'll right, happen. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's what I complained about during the COVID crisis, saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to get vaxxed because I don't want to violate the religion of secular humanism, which is what evolution is. It was deemed a religion in the U.S. courts, secular humanism was, and so... Thus, if you got the vax, then you're changing yourself from within instead of allowing the religion of evolution to evolve you externally. Yeah, it's not evolution, it's a, you know, mutation, right? Where, you know, unfortunately, I'm thinking about the thalidomide people. One, one time, the area where I was, the... Um, <clears throat> The Social Security office was being revamped or something, and so they had in a mall next to the grocery store uh, set up shop for, you know, temporary shop. And I was amazed at how many people with a little hand sticking out of their shoulder visited there that day <laughs> to get there. Well, anybody that still believes in evolution, all you have to do is go to the Smithsonian and say, where's this? Where's mm -hmm. that? You know, all these interesting, you know, giant skeletons and all types of uh, amazing things that have been discovered and are documented, photographed, all of a sudden, poof, they just disappear after the Smithsonian people come and investigate. So, yeah. So, do you have a sign in for Google or YouTube? No, no you don't either. <laughs> yeah. So, somehow I'll have no, to get I Roger's first uh, email so I can. So I can uh, oh, yeah, invite the, him on. I'll, I'll get somebody to to sign on that has a sign on, and they can put my email in his in his you know message. Fantastic uh, to to interview him and help get some of what he's saying out there because it's so fantastic, it's so amazing that you you have to question yourself for even listening to it. But he has all of the data. He has. DNA evidence. I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it's uh -huh. really fascinating. So, even yeah, if you don't, a person yeah. doesn't agree with him, you need to be exposed to what he has to yes. say because you will never look at rocks ever the same. Yeah, it's really. And, and like you were saying about how <clears throat> the feathered serpent and the, um, you know, how that turned into uh, some green minerals, right? I mean, you can see from a distance. Uh, and that's why it, it dawned on me finally that the giants in Genesis six four aren't just humanoid. You know? Oh, there are all I, kinds of creatures. There's a giant dragon structure that's in yeah. North Africa. Speaking of that, um because it covers, of, covers the whole top of the continent. 
Yeah, it's fantastically huge, miles and miles long. Mm-hmm. Um, and all types of uh, structures all over the place, whether they're tree trunks or uh, tendons and... Uh, oh, sounds like we're hitting the, the last break here. We'll keep talking. we got a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, anyhow, so I was looking at the map regarding that, and I noticed that the area, you know, around... Uh, you know, where the Edomites would have been, it's all red around there, rust-colored. And then it dawned on me, what after hundreds and hundreds of years of doing sacrifices in Jerusalem, all that blood that was flowed down into that area mm-hmm. could have I remember caused... you said that before. Oh, it'd be iron-rich, huh? <laughs> I wonder how it got, how it got there, yeah. Rust good never good sleeps, a... Yeah, I Thanks, think it's probably... Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I have such fun with this. Have a good weekend, people. God loves you. Pasiba dasvidaniya. People who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 